Well, I've got past time to start, so I think we'll go ahead and um, begin this morning. Um, first off, I want to say thank y'all for being here. We've got some, I'm going to call them visitors this morning. We're glad y'all are down here visiting with us, so thank y'all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, but uh, no, we, uh, this is going to be my last uh, class to teach for the quarter, so I'm sure everybody's, don't everybody get up and jump jump around too much but uh you got to just suffer through 45 more minutes so it'll make you appreciate the other, other teachers we got um so any announcements that we need to make before we uh get started this morning um i hope everybody saw the emails we've had a lot of unfortunately we've had a lot of deaths to uh members here and also um folks that were members here you know the bed goods lost their oldest daughter um I guess this weekend, I guess we'll say. I don't know exactly what day, but um, so definitely need to be remembering uh, uh, Mark and Carlita and uh, remembering the Smith family. Um, if I'm leaving somebody out, please let me know. I may have missed somebody, but I know that was on the last emails. So uh, updates anyway. So let's remember all those families, remember everybody that's being affected by this uh, terrible pandemic. Um, you know, living with a respiratory therapist, um, I've come to have a healthy respect for what's going on because when she comes home after fooling with this for 12 hours, it's uh, it's something. So anyway, that's another story for another day. But uh, if there anybody else that need to make any announcements about anything this morning, yes, sir. Had surgery, eye surgery. Yes, sir. And she's not doing well. It's not really distraught, but she's very sorry she couldn't be with us today. Oh, we're, we're sorry with she couldn't make it. It was a last-minute call, but uh, she's thinking about us and what have you. Okay. okay. Um, I didn't understand when they did my eyes. They did one at a time. They did both of hers, so she's like, like cataracts or something. No, it was there was something else wrong. Okay. Uh -huh. and, uh, I don't. Right. Well, I hope she is feeling better because we will. We're gonna miss her, and so she's been a great addition um, to us. So, well, let's let's remember Lisa too um, in our prayers. So, anybody else that we need to uh, need to mention this morning that I'm not aware of? Uh, any announcements for the group that needs to be made? Need to make aware of? Not doing real well. They both got COVID. And uh, we just found out this morning that their symptoms have gotten a little worse. Okay. All right. So, so they've, they've gotten, gotten, gotten a little worse. worse. Okay. okay. So, so this, this, this is definitely, definitely I'll say, hitting home for all of us. So definitely need to uh, be respectful of it, be careful of it, and uh, remember those that are dealing with it and uh, in whatever capacity they're having to deal with it, whether it's loved ones or, or themselves. So, But I'm going to ask Chris to... Uh, Yes, yes, sir. No, go ahead. I had a prayer request for my Please. late grandparent. Mm -hmm. She fact with my grandma. She had to find her. So keep her in the prayers. Okay. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So let's uh let's add let add her to the list as well. So we'll be thinking about her and praying for her. All right. So anybody else we need to mention this morning? Okay. Chris, please prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this morning that we've been able to get up and to enjoy your creation, to be able to come here and study your word. Father, we're so thankful for your word and you leaving this for us to to be able to study and to, to learn about you and, and learn what you would have us to, to do at 
Father, we're so thankful for your son who came and, and lived that perfect example of a life that we have something to attempt to model our lives after. Father, we ask that you will be with us as we live our lives to to try and, and work for, for that, to try to live a, in a way that's uh, Christ-like every day in every walk of life that we have. Father, we're mindful of the ones that have lost loved ones, the Bed Goods and the Smith family. Father, we're, um, we know that, uh, especially with the Bed Goods and the loss of Tony, that uh, this is very difficult. Uh, losing a, a child, Father, we ask that you be with them and comfort them as they are going through this uh, this time in their life and be with them as they um, in the years to come as, as they will things will trigger memories and and um, uh, cause grief uh, for them. Father, we ask that you be with the Smith family as well. We lost a sister Smith. Uh, please comfort them. Father, use us to to help reach out and comfort them as well. Father, we're mindful of those that are sick. We're mindful of those that are dealing with uh, various operations um, and, and other illnesses that, that are might be affecting them. We ask that you will be with all the ones that are, are dealing with COVID or any other uh, sickness that, that, is, that is on them at this time. Please be with the doctors and nurses and, and other health aides that are working with them, give them the knowledge and the, um, the uh, attitude that they will treat them in a way that uh, is, is best for their health. Father, we ask that you forgive us of our sins and be with us as we study this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. So, this morning, uh, we're going to look at a passage in John. If you want to turn on over to John uh, chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 15 through 31, and we're going to talk about the instance here where Jesus promises the apostles that there will be a helper, or the Holy Spirit will come to help them and guide them as they continue the teachings of Christ and continue to preach the gospel and establish the church throughout the known world. So, we're going to talk about that this morning, and I guess to introduce this, you know, if you look back to chapter 13, this is a continuation of the study that Caleb um, started for us a few weeks ago. You know, if you look back in chapter 13, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago about how Jesus taught the apostles about being a servant by washing their feet. And, you know, we talked about the discussion that he and Peter had and talked about those things, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So this is just a continuation of that particular time that particular scene in which we you know we drop into here where Jesus is teaching these apostles about the coming of the Holy Spirit you know Jesus knows that his time on earth is short you know Jesus understands what is about to happen to him and we're going to read here in just a minute that his availing opinion is is that you know his apostles are not ready you know yet for what's going to happen you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come and help them, and we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But there's things that they just don't understand, and he knows that, and that's what he's trying to explain to them. You know, that's what we've talked about throughout this quarter. 
And Jesus is going to reveal that helper will what? Will guide them on their journey. He's specifically going to tell them that here in chapter 14. And then when we turn over to chapter 16 and look at those passages together. But we're going to start here in chapter 14. And reading there, beginning in verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of what? The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Talking about the Holy Spirit here. But you know him, for he dwells, what? With you, and will be where? In you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer, and this world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, and you will live also. So what is he talking about there? He's talking about the fact that he's going to be resurrected, right, from the grave. They are going to see him physically before he ascends into heaven to be able to take that and have that confidence to be able to tell others the fact that Jesus has been risen, okay? At that day you will know that I am what? In my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him okay so we understand what he's promising here he is promising the holy spirit which is the spirit of truth the world's not going to receive it yet because they neither can see him nor know him okay so that's something that we have to understand because when we get into the ministry and look at some different examples of this of how the holy spirit was what passed along to others that had to be done by the apostles Okay, that couldn't just be done by anybody. So we understand that going into this. So we understand what the Lord is trying to tell them here, that they need the Holy Spirit to help them guide them in all truth because he is what? The Spirit of truth. Now the Holy Spirit is not just called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many different names and he's referenced and described in many different ways throughout the Bible. Okay, He's called the Spirit of truth, just what we discussed here in John 14, 17. He's called the Spirit of life in Romans 8, verse 2. He's called the Spirit of grace in Hebrews chapter 29. He's described as the Spirit of God in Genesis 1, verse 2. So, what do we need to think about there? That the Holy Spirit is not just someone who came along on the day of Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit was part of God's plan from when? The very beginning. Because he's part of the Godhead, right? He's been with God the whole time. So the Holy Spirit is a part of God's plan. And so we need to remember that when we're talking to others. He's also called the Spirit of Christ there in 1 Peter 1 verse 1. He's called the Spirit of Adoption in Romans 8.15. Now think about that. We're adopted sons, right? So us receiving that Holy Spirit, we could have that what? That Spirit of Adoption. Okay, because we are adopted into Christ through who? Through Jesus. Okay, that's the reason we can have that description there of being a spirit of adoption. He's also called the Holy Spirit of promise in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. So the reason I bring this up is, is because there's many ways to describe the Holy Spirit. There's many things that the Holy Spirit can do and has done or will do to help us. Okay, and to help the establishment of the early church. So... There's 88 references, there's at least 88 references to the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament now. This is the Old Testament, okay? The Old Testament and 18 names applied to him in the Old Testament, okay? 
So what I want you to know is, is that throughout God's plan, yes, do we not we we see that specifically the Holy Spirit was used by the apostles to help establish the early church and help these teachings once Christ ascended back to heaven. But it was God's plan throughout time that the Holy Spirit was important to God's plan, right? That what God needed done, the Holy Spirit was there to do. In the New Testament, there are 264 different references to the Holy Spirit and 39 different names that are applied to Him. Okay? So, obviously, what I'm trying to drive home here is the importance of the Holy Spirit. There's five names that are both mentioned as the same name in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay? There's 17 names or references that describe what? His relationship to God. Okay? There's five names or references that express His divine nature. There's five names or references that state His relationship to Jesus. There's 17 names or references that indicate his relationship to us and how important he is to us. There's seven different names or references that illustrate his character. So all of these things just show, what I want you to know is, is all of these things show that the Holy Spirit is not only important to the establishment of the early church and the work that the apostles did, but he's also important to, the, to, what, to us today. You know, yes, he works differently today because we have the divine revelation of God, but nonetheless, it's still important to us. The Holy Spirit has many personal traits, and this is something I think we need to understand, that it's not just something that's a miraculous thing that we need to think about when we think about the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit helped do those miracles when establishing the early church and the, the, the establishment of the gospel that the apostles were preaching, but... He also has many personal traits. The Holy Spirit has a mind, okay? In Romans 8, 27, it reads there, it says, Paul wrote, Now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because what? He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now who are the saints? Is that us? Hello? Okay, make sure everybody's awake. So, that's us. So he makes intercession for us according to what? According to the will of God. He also has affections and emotions. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 15, he says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and through the what? The love of the Spirit. Right there, the love of the Spirit that what? We strive together with me in prayers, or that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. So Paul's specifically talking here about how he covets the prayers of those there at Rome for him. And how is that done? That is done through the Lord Jesus Christ and with what? And through the love of the Spirit. Okay? So vitally important how they work together. The Holy Spirit also has a fellowship with us and God. Okay? 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote there, he said, The grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and what? The communion of what? Of who? The Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So we have fellowship with God, with the Holy Spirit. And what does it say right here? Lord Jesus Christ, through that grace. Okay? So also, this, this shows what to us? This shows us the Godhead, right? It has us all mentioned right here in one verse. Okay? So that's a good thing to remember right here. That fellowship with God is available to us through the grace of Jesus that love that God gives us because he provides that grace in the communion of the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit also is good, okay? Psalms 143 verse 10, David wrote there, he said, Teach me to do your will, 
For you are my God. What does it say there? Your spirit is what? Is good. Lead me. What is it Jesus is going to talk about here in just a few minutes of chapter 16? That the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into what? All truth, right? So lead me into the land of uprightness, David talks about there. And Nehemiah talks about it in uh, chapter 9, verse 20. He said, you also gave your what? Your good spirit to do what? To instruct them, okay? And did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. So once again, what's the Holy Spirit doing? Instructing and guiding. This guiding us, this instructing us is going to help us and teach us all truth. We're going to talk about that here in chapter 16 in just a minute. But what I'm trying to set up here is the, the work that the Holy Spirit has and, these whole, and the traits that the Holy Spirit has, okay? And the Holy Spirit comforts us. Acts 9, verse 31, it says, Then the churches throughout what? All Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in what? The comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. So the Holy Spirit also does what for us? It also helps comfort us, okay? So these are things that we need to remember when we think about the role and that the Holy Spirit plays within our life. Now, let's continue on here in uh, chapter 14 and pick up there with uh, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, he's talking to Judas Iscariot here, he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But right here, but the Helper, who the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, here you go, he will teach you what? All things. And bring to your remembrance, remember this right here, all things that I said to you. That's going to be important here in just a minute. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, <clears throat> excuse me, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so do I. Arise, and let us go from here. Okay? So this is a continuation of the things he's talking to them about there in chapter 4, uh, there earlier in chapter 14. But what he did is he went and expounded on what this helper is going to do. This helper is going to what? He is going to teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And this is important. This is what we need to remember here because we're going to talk about this here in just a second. But they're, they're going, they, they're fixing to be by themselves. They're going to keep on teaching the gospel that Jesus has taught them. But Jesus is not going to be with them. You know, up until this point, you know, I find it interesting, in any of the Gospels, do we ever see or do we ever have a recording of an apostle teaching anybody? In the four Gospels, is there anywhere that is recorded that James, John, Peter, anybody taught anybody? No. Who did all the teaching in the Gospels? Jesus. Who was sitting at his feet? 
these guys, right? They were taking all this stuff in, but they had not yet started their journey as a teacher, right? They were continuing to learn just like the rest of the folks that were following Jesus, correct? You know, most times we find instances where what? We talked about it a few weeks ago with Brother David. What were they doing? They were running folks off. When folks were bringing the children, we talked about the little children, bring the children unto me, what were the apostles doing? Shooing them away, right? So they were having to try to understand and get this teaching just like the rest of the folks that were following Jesus, okay? So I think that's something we need to remember and we need to take into account. Yes? I was reading earlier on this, uh, John 14, 22, when it talks about Judas, it was... Uh, a lot of the commentaries say it wasn't Judas Iscariot, it was Thaddeus mm -hmm. um, who asked this question. I think it's interesting when he asked this, and he's the one that uh, supposedly wrote the book of Jude. Where, what is he teaching in the book of Jude? He's warning and teaching against false teachers. teachers. False mm -hmm. you know, that's all that it's really about is false teachers. And um, that's what the Holy Spirit in us is therefore uh, among many different roles that it, it, it uh, portrays is helping you to discern right from wrong. wrong. Notice knowing false teachers, giving you that uh, conscience of uh, the scriptural conscience of um, being able to discern and, and uh, the different things. And uh, I, I just I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, you know, when you look at it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit for us today is to help us, you know, parse through the right things to learn and the wrong things and good teaching and bad teaching and false doctrines and the, the, true, the true teachings that we need to be following. So, absolutely. That's a good point. So, thinking about this, can think, keep this in the back of your mind as we move forward here. Now, let's flip over to chapter 16. I want to expound on what, what Jesus is wanting to tell them here. He continues here in uh, verse 4. Let's read here verse 4. Pick up in verse 4 of chapter 16 of John. He says, But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. Right there, I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Before, before, excuse me, for if I did not go away, who? The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Who's going to send him? Who's going to send him? Jesus. Jesus is going to send him. I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of, the ju and of judgment. Of sin because they did not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Okay? Talking about the, being a witness there. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, right here, he will guide you into what? All truth. Right here. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to who? To you. 
to the apostles. All things that the Father he is, has, excuse me, are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. You. Okay? So we understand the role right here of the Holy Spirit. Here it is. He will send him. Jesus is going to send what? Send the helper. He's not going to come until Jesus goes back to heaven. Okay? Because he couldn't. Because Jesus is here on the earth. I mean, I guess he could. God could send him. But God's plan was is that he was to come and help them after Jesus ascended back to earth. Or heaven. Excuse me. So when he's come, he will what? He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. But he won't do those things unless what? Unless he hears right here. He was not going to speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will take those things that the Lord gives to him and he will take those things, he will hear those things and he will let those things come through the apostles with, 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 their, with the help of the Holy Spirit to the apostles. Okay? So, right here. It says, however, when he, the Spirit of the truth, has come, he will what? He will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. So I think that's what we need to remember here. That he's not going to speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak. Well, well who's he going to hear it from? Jesus. And Jesus heard his from God. Yes. So goes up the ladder. Goes up the ladder. Yes. So, and he will tell you those things to come. He will glorify me for he will take care of what is mine. So he's going to take care of what is mine and declare it to you. So, we have examples of how the Holy Spirit guided the apostles in their teaching. Now, you know, there's many examples. The most famous example, obviously, is what? As a New Testament Christian... What would we say here? Acts chapter day of what? There we go. Day of Pentecost. First, there was a miraculous manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon who? The apostles. In Acts 2, beginning there in verse 1, it says, When the day of the Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? One accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, then there appeared to them what? Divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Okay? Each of them that were there. And they were filled with what? The Holy Spirit and began to speak with what? Other tongues as the Spirit did what? Gave them utterance. Okay? So what did the Spirit do? It helped them speak in these other tongues. Okay? All the apostles spoke in what? The native tongues of those people that were present. You know, I think today we have some different religions that think that this is some kind of gibberish that people speak. Well, it was not designed to be gibberish that you couldn't understand. This was designed to do what? To have everybody in the world be able to hear the gospel. Because everybody didn't live in Galilee. Everybody didn't live in that area. So they did not speak that language, okay? Interpreter to interpret what they were saying, like what some religions say and, and do today. Um, everybody there understood what was being said, and that's that's at every instance in the in the scriptures is when they were speaking in tongues, they didn't have another apostle standing up there, uh, you know trying to translate right. what they were saying, everybody understood without, without any of that help. That's right. And that's specific to what? To God's plan to get the 
to get the word of God out to everybody in the world, okay? Specific to what we talked about a few weeks ago about the Great Commission. Well, God had to help them with that because they couldn't speak every language that they were going to run into or every native language that they might run into throughout the world. So this is the way that he used that to spread the gospel, okay? This miracle from God was what? A confirmation of Jesus' promise, right? This is just what Jesus promised that the helper was going to do, okay? And the continuation of his teachings, okay? This is just a continuation of his teachings. Now, I got a question. On the day of Pentecost, Peter quoted Joel and David, right? In his sermon, he quoted Joel and David, quoted their writings verbatim. Now, did Peter, to our knowledge, do you think he had access to those scrolls? Do you think he was smart enough to have known that, being the fisherman that he was? I don't think so. I'm not saying he didn't, but I think what? I think the Holy Spirit, if we go back and look, gave what? Is going to give them remembrance that we talked about there of all things that I've said to you. Not only that, but all things that I think has been, that were written that they needed to know to be able to what? To be able to teach the gospel. Now, I'm not saying, I'm, this, is just, this is just David's opinion, and you can take it for what it's worth, but I don't think Peter was that learned a man. Do y'all? I'm just, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. What do y'all think? Am I off base or am I not? Do you think he had access to those scrolls or not? I'm asking. I don't think so. And I think the Holy Spirit did just what Jesus is telling him he did, is he gave them the opportunity to speak because what? Gave them utterance of those things. Okay? Not just the tongues of other nations, but also what to say. Okay? So just something I thought about while I was studying this. So, the Holy Spirit guided the apostles in their work. You know, Acts 13, beginning there in verse 1. Not only did he help them with what they were to teach, but he told them to get up and go. Beginning there in verse 1 of Acts 13, it says, Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was uh, called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menin, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, what does what, what it say right here? The Holy Ghost said what? Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein to who? I have called them. Okay? And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they what? They sent them away. So they, being sent by who? Forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. So not only... Not only did the Spirit do what? Help give them remembrance of the things they should say, help them know what to say, how to say it. It also guided them as to where they needed to go. Okay? So just some things to, to think about. So let's continue in the role here of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, on the, we understand that the Holy Spirit is passed from the apostles on to others. Okay? We understand that. You know, in Acts verse, uh, or chapter 18, excuse me, beginning there in verse 14, this is how it was done. He says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent who? Peter and John to them. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might what? Receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. 
They had only been baptized in what? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So, not only did the apostles have these gifts of the Holy Spirit, as we call them, some of the physical gifts that we're going to talk about here in just a minute, but others who they laid their hands on also had those gifts as well. Now, why is that? Very simply put, it was to help continue to spread what? Spread the gospel. Because now, they, these folks that had these gifts could go out and teach others and spread the gospel themselves, okay? And would have what? That remembrance and have that, uh, that ability to teach because what? Did these folks know the Bible? Did they have the Bible? No, right? You know, so simply put, they needed that Holy Spirit. They needed those gifts to help teach others, okay? Because they didn't have the full revelation of God. Now, how do we reconcile Cornelius' house, right? Because we have an instance here where God did what? God gave folks the Holy Spirit before they were ever taught the gospel. Acts 10 verse 44 says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of those who heard the word. So they heard it before when? Before they were what? Before they were baptized. They received the Holy Ghost, right? They received the Holy Spirit. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Now I think there's a twofold purpose here. I think one purpose here is because God is also showing his power to be able to do this, but he's also, if you read right here, I think this is a perfect indication of how the gospel was to be what? To be taught to everyone in the entire world, both the Jews and the Gentiles. And now these folks of the circumcision who believed are basically what? Those are Jews, right? Those are Jews who became Christians. Well, now that they understand and were astonished by this particular instance, they're going to go out and they're going to continue to teach as well. So just something to think about here as a side note. So as many as came with Peter because of the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the Gentiles also, okay? For they heard him speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received what? The Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. So... Obviously, to be able to rectify this with the fact that the only way that most people got these gifts were from the apostles, obviously, because they had to lay physically lay hands on them, but also God would pour out the Holy Spirit himself on those. But I think the biggest point we need to take away right here is, is that the gift of the Holy Spirit was available to everybody, okay? And I think that's, you know, that's what we need to remember here. So, God is always in control of these gifts, and he used the apostles to control that access. That's something else we need to remember in the establishment of the early church. And the best example of that is, is in Acts 8, beginning there in verse 18. It said, now this is talking about Simon the sorcerer, okay? Very familiar passage. And it said, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was what? Was given, he did what? He offered them money saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is what? It is not right in the sight of God. Repent, 
therefore of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by the bitterness, or by bitterness, excuse me, and bound by iniquity. And Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Now, I think that this is here because of this. God's plan was to use the Holy or use the gifts of the Holy Spirit to teach and establish his kingdom throughout the world. We understand that. Okay? But I think this example also should show us that God trusted those apostles, okay, as to how these gifts should be, for the lack of a better word, distributed, okay, or given out. Because if he would have made everybody available to be able to give the gifts of the Holy Spirit to anybody that wanted to lay hands on, this right here would have been, I think, something else that could have happened, right? Because someone would have used what? The love of money. We talk about in the good book, what does it say? The love of money is the root of all evil, right? Isn't that what it says? Yes, 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 yes. Everybody wait, yes. Okay, so the love of money is the root of all evil. So I think people would take this and be tempted by that to use that to gain you know, wealth and gain filthy lucre, as the Bible describes it. So I think that's why God, you know, I put the word trust there. I didn't know a better way to describe it. But I think God trusted the apostles, and he picked those men for this reason as well. Any comments there? Am I off base? Boys, I'm doing such a good job. So now the Holy Spirit also works through the early Christians to teach the gospel. You know, not only did the Holy Spirit work through the apostles, but these gifts that were given also helped people like us, I would say, be able to teach the gospel. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning there in verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay? You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. Wow. So, i got too much material. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by what? The Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay? There's different gifts, but there's what? There's one Spirit. There's one God. There's one, what are we saying? There's seven ones, right? In Ephesians. So, let's keep reading. Diversity is a gift, but what? The same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to what? Each one for the profit of who? Of all of us. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. I think right here, this helps what? This helped establish the what? The church and have men that could be, have that wisdom to be what? To be elders, right? Because starting out from scratch, you're not going to have a lot of guys that have been in the church a long time, right? So think about it. These are all brand new churches from scratch. So they had to give that gift of wisdom so you could have men to be wise enough to be elders. So to another, the word of knowledge through what? Through the same spirit. Another faith by what? The same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by what? The same spirit. To another, working miracles. To another, prophecy. Discerning of spirits. Different kinds of tongues. To be able to talk to folks that didn't work there to hear you in your native tongue or hear them in their native tongue. The interpretation of those tongues. But one and the same, what? Spirit 
works all these things, distributing to each one individually as who wills. He wills. Okay? So not everybody got all these spirit, all of these gifts, but they did what? They were for the profit of what? Of all. Now, if we went on into chapter 12, it talks about what? Being many members, right? But it talks about the importance of working together as what? As one, right? We're all individual members, but we're all a part of the body of Christ, okay? And it describes that throughout the New Testament, you know, of how we're all many, but we have that we're pulling in the same direction, okay? So things to think about. So the Holy Spirit still works with us today, Okay, it works within us today. The Holy Spirit searches and reveals the what? The Word of God to us. Okay? But God has revealed very 1 Corinthians 2, Paul wrote, But God has revealed them to us through what? His Spirit, for the Spirit searches what? All things, yes, the deep things of God. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us because what? God's mind is not our mind, right? God's ways are not our ways. It tells us that, right? So we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand those things, okay? Now, we're never going to be able to know the full what God knows. We understand that. But it helps us search those things out in the book, okay? So that's, that's the point of that, what I want to try to drive across there. You know, in 1 Peter 1, Peter wrote there, he said, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what? Or what manner of time, what right here? The Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that will follow. To them it was revealed that, not to themselves, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by what? By the Holy Spirit sent from where? Sent from heaven. Things which angels desire to look into. So obviously there's things that the angels even would like to know. That's just a side note there for another day. So we understand that the Holy Spirit works within us. It works within us, and we'll talk about it right here. It makes intercession for us. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes what? Intercession for us with the groanings which cannot be uttered. And what I say to that is... When we pray to God and we just don't know how to tell God what we need, that's the Holy Spirit right there helping us. That's going to be the Holy Spirit to help us tell God because we're just groaning around and we, don't, we just cannot convey it because we're in such deep despair, I think, for the lack of a better term. But now he who searches the hearts knows what? The mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints. Now right here, don't forget this part, according to the will of God. Okay? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to what? His purpose. It's according to His will. It's according to His purpose. But He makes intercession for us. The Spirit Himself. Okay? So the Spirit helps us in our prayers to God. And we need to remember that. That's comforting. That's comforting. So let's remember that the intercession is made according to the will of God. Has the role of the Holy Spirit changed? What do you think? Real quick. Yes or no? The Holy Spirit has not changed, but what is now available to us? The full revelation of God. And that's what we need to remember. That the early church did not have that full revelation. We have the full revelation. You can go read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
parse that out, but that tells you about the full revelation of God and how those gifts were going to cease. But faith, hope, and love, those things are going to abide forever. Okay? So, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all letting me teach y'all this.